This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the rich word of God we're going to hear here tonight. I thank you as I come to teach that I do not have to trust or depend on limited human abilities, but I do trust in you and therefore I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything. Carried by your anointing power and love to each person's mind, bringing understanding, removing confusion to every heart that your will enter, bringing faith, dispelling all fear. And we'll give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by our spirit here today in Jesus' name. And all those who love the Lord Jesus said, Amen. You may be seated, family. Our subject is titled, How God Intervenes in humanity's problems, or you might say how God's plan to redeem man, or God, it's about God's plan to redeem the human race. It's about God's plan to redeem the human race. When you understand this, you'll love the Lord so much more. Abraham had to learn. We continue from where we were lost Sunday night. Abraham had to learn to let God bring forth Isaac by faith in God, instead of by faith in himself. Abraham thought he could produce a son for God, and his name was Ishmael. But God waited until Abraham's body was dead and Sarah's womb was dead, and said, Now I want Isaac from you. And he could not produce a son any longer. He's way too old. He's almost 100. And so God said to him, I want Isaac from your dead bodies. And the only way he could do that was trust God. By faith, trust God, and he did, and Isaac came. Only then did he qualify to be a full-grown son, when he stopped depending on himself, and he had faith in God alone. That's when he became a full-grown son of God. While we are depending on the flesh, we are not a full-grown son or daughter of God. We become full-grown sons and we are available to the Holy Spirit, free to follow instruction every day. While I'm making my own decisions, I'm not a full-grown son or daughter of God. Only when I am determined to be led by the Spirit and let God be the initiator of my destiny-defining decisions, only then am I a full-grown son or daughter of God. Jesus was the example, and he said, I do nothing unless the Father shows me first. I say nothing unless the Father tell me first. And he's our example. And that's why the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God or daughters of God. Those who make themselves available to what God says, they don't make the decisions, they let him make the decisions. I'm not talking about what color tie to put on. That's not a destiny-defining decision. I'm talking about decisions regarding who you're going to marry, what church to go to, what city to live in. Most Christians are at babyhood stage, too busy living for themselves. 
Now, the life of Jacob will teach us about dying to the flesh, dying to self. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. God was working in their lives to get them to a place where they'll surrender completely to him so they become a glove on his hand so that God can bring salvation to the human race. So we learn by watching how God dealt with Jacob that the flesh must die, depending on the flesh must cease. That is circumcision of the heart. While I am trusting in my own ability, I'm uncircumcised of heart. Because circumcision means I no longer yield to the sins of the flesh and I no longer obey the flesh. I cut off the works of the flesh and the sins of the flesh, depending on the flesh. I stop depending on me. I lose self-confidence. I walk in this life by faith confidence. Christ is my strength. He's my wisdom. He is my righteousness. He is my life. I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I declare God anoints me to work and do my job. I declare God opens doors for me. I declare everything I do, I do by the anointing of God in my life. When I speak like that, I'm walking by faith. I'm living a circumcised life. If I don't say any of that, I'm trusting in me. I'm living a carnal life depending on the flesh. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had to learn to die to the flesh. And that's the lesson we learned from his life. Jacob deceived his brother Esau and his father Isaac. Jacob relied on his own ability to scheme his way through life. Because of this, Jacob became a wanderer. He had to flee from Canaan. He went to work for his uncle Laban. He wanted to marry Rachel, but his uncle gave him Leah instead. For 20 years, he suffered hardships. This happens to all those who initiate their own lives, who initiate their own destiny-defining decisions. Those who initiate their own destiny-defining decisions end up in the wilderness, suffering. When things go wrong in our lives, we're under stress, ask yourself, who's making the choices here, God or me? Because Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Amen? Genesis 31, 40. I, work, I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through the cold and sleepless nights. Yes, 20 years. Now this is Jacob talking to Uncle Laban. 14 of them earning your two daughters and six years to get the flock and you have reduced my wages 10 times. Not 10 increases, 10 decreases. Now some brothers and sisters are very clever, shrewd, and calculating. But we must remember that we cannot walk in fleshly wisdom. We must learn to rest in the grace of God 
to guide us through life. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, 12. Paul said, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have been honest and sincere in all our dealings with you. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own earthly wisdom. Paul saying, I did not make my decisions. I listened to the Spirit of God for guidance. I followed the cloud. After being out of the country of Canaan for 20 years, Jacob finally returns to his homeland with his two wives, Rachel and Leah. His children and all his cattle and possessions. He's about to meet his brother Esau, who threatened to kill him 20 years before this. And Jacob is terrified and alone. That night, the Lord came to Jacob and wrestled with him until daybreak. God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. According to the Nelson Bible, Israel means prince with God. So Jacob became a prince with God. Somebody who stops depending on the flesh, anybody who stops depending on the flesh and starts to trust God for his choices becomes a prince with God. He begins to walk in the blessing, abundance, provision, wisdom, grace, favor of God. But it's so easy to slip out of that. So easy for the devil to get us off course. Before you know it, we're back in the natural, depending on the flesh. And we start having problems. When we wrestle with God, we will see ourselves as we really are. When we spend time with God and pray through in the Spirit, we will see ourselves as we really are. And we will change. When God's light shines into our heart, it brings about change. From that point on, we will no longer trust in ourselves unless the devil deceives us again. We'll learn to depend on God and the Holy Spirit's guidance. Without this revelation, which comes by the grace of God, the believer will never be a paintbrush in God's hand. He'll never become a glove on the hand of God until he sees himself as he really is in the sight of God. He can never be a hand, a glove on the hand of God or a paintbrush in God's hand. Until we become a glove on God's hand, God is unable to use us as he wants to. God chose Abraham to be the father of our redemption. He did not choose Adam. He chose Abraham to be the father of our redemption. In John 8, 56, Jesus said to the Jews, 
Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Jesus could have said to the Jews, Your father Adam. He never did. He said, Your father Abraham. The Jews had their beginning with Abraham, and the church of Jesus Christ has its beginning with Abraham as well. Romans 4.16 For Abraham is the father of all who believe in Christ. So that Abraham is the father of all who believe in Christ. That is what the scripture scriptures mean when God told Abraham I've made you the father of many nations not just Israel but many nations all the born again people from many nations are children of Abraham and he's the father of many nations we all know that we were redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ is this true? however the beginning of our redemption was with Abraham the plan of God to bring about our salvation began with Abraham. God's plan of redemption is still unfolding today through you and through me. It will continue until the end of the age. God's calling on Abraham's life wasn't only to be kind and merciful to Abraham. God's calling on Abraham's life wasn't only to be nice and kind to Abraham. There was a much bigger picture. God's calling on your life is not just to bless you. Don't look at the piece of the jigsaw puzzle you stand on. Try and see the cover on the box. There's a much bigger picture. God wanted to bless the whole human race because of Abraham. God said to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 3, All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. All the families of the earth. He said that to Abraham. God did not bless the nations of the earth directly. God did not bless Abraham and bless the nations of the earth. That's not what he said. God said, I'll bless you and you will carry the blessing to the nations of the world. The nations will be blessed through you. Look at that verse again. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So if you fail... They will not get blessed. God chose one man, Abraham. God worked with him until he became a vessel through which God could bless all the nations of the world. He became a glove on God's hand. By bringing Jesus to the earth through Abraham's seed, God brought blessing to the whole human race. Because Abraham was the initiator of carrying the seed of Jesus. 
Well, not the initiator, but he was the first one. The salvation of the entire human race depended on Abraham. There are some that only you can reach for Jesus. Whether they go to heaven or burn in the fires of hell forever, depend on you. On you alone. Some that only you can reach. A salvation prayer is not enough. They must live for Christ to make it. There are some we can reach on our own. And there are some we will reach together by team effort. Team effort. God's work is primarily God's work. If I had to define it, make a def definition of God's work, it would be this. Say this. God's work is primarily to share God's life to an empty, dying world. God's work is primarily to share God's life to an empty, dying world. This is God's greatest priority. This is what God died for on the cross. God's work is not merely to preach doctrine. Say that God's work is not merely to preach doctrine. As important as doctrine is. But God's work is to bring eternal life to the world. Say that God's work is to bring eternal life to the world. We are to know God deeply and intimately and personally. We are to walk in the life of God. We are to walk in the anointing of God. And that happens the moment we start tuning in the Spirit of God and following Him. By praying in the Spirit and listening to God. Following the cloud. We are to stop producing our Ishmaels by doing things in our own strength. Our works are like filthy rags in the eyes of God. That which is not of faith is a sin. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. We must declare, God is my strength. He's my life. He's ordering my steps. He is helping me to go to school today. He is working through my life. He is going to anoint me to do this work at the office today. I have his wisdom to do it, praise God. His strength to do it. I shall succeed because he is the strength of my life. Now we're walking by faith and not by the flesh. We must walk in the life of God and listen. We ought to stop producing our Ishmaels and let God bring forth his Isaacs. We must use faith in all our endeavors. That's the only way to produce Isaacs. Faith in all our endeavors. Trust God. Do not depend on our own ability. Say this. I am called of God to bring eternal life to people existing in death. So there's the call on my life is to bring eternal life to people 
living, existing in death. Galatians 3, 7. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Abraham has spiritual children, as we've just read, children of Abraham. Paul the Apostle also brought forth children through the gospel. 1 Corinthians 4, 14. Paul said, I am not writing these things to shame you, but, I'm, but I warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father, for I became your father in Christ when I preached the good news to you. Paul said to the church of Corinth, you are my children in the faith, and I became your father when I preached the gospel to you. We are to bring forth our own spiritual children. We are so excited about having natural children, but we are to be just excited about having spiritual children. Because sometimes our natural children turn away from God and don't make it to heaven. But the ones we bring to Christ will be our children in heaven forever. We must understand the importance, the value of souls that we bring to Christ. And how he sees them. How he appreciates them. He died for each one. Now I love my children, don't misunderstand me. But the most important thing I can give to my children is eternal life. Salvation. The most important thing. The most important thing is to make sure that they make it to heaven. Amen? John 3.36 And all who believe in God's Son have eternal life. Say that. I'm a believer. I have eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Those who don't obey the Son will never experience eternal life. Don't obey. But the wrath of God abides or remains upon them. Ephesians 2.12. They have no hope in the world. They're lost. No hope. Ephesians 1.3. How we praise God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, the believer, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. So that I belong to Christ, therefore I am blessed with every blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Those who are in Christ and blessed are blessed with every blessing. Those who are not in Christ have no blessing but God's wrath abides on them. God's blessing on Abraham was to bring Christ to the world. He carried Christ's seed. God's destiny for you is for you and me to bring Christ to the world. That's your destiny. That's your calling to bring Christ to the world. You carry the living Christ. Abraham carried the seed of Christ you carry the resurrected Christ in you. God's destiny for Abraham was the salvation of the human race. 
God's destiny for Isaac was the salvation of the human race. God's destiny for Jacob was the salvation of the human race. God's destiny for David was the salvation of the human race. Because David carried the seed of Christ in his loins. God's destiny for Jesus was the salvation of the human race. God's destiny for the apostles was the salvation of the human race. If any one of them failed, we would not be here today. We'd be on our way to hell. If any one of them failed, we'd be on our way to hell. But because they succeeded in following God, the seed remained and came to the earth. Jesus was born, and the apostles filled the purpose of God. The message spread. They carried Christ to the world. And because they didn't fail, we are bound for heaven. I'm so grateful. That was God's plan. He used humans. All the way through. They could have failed. God had to work with people. People are so flaky. People are flaky. But God depended on people to bring our salvation to us. That took a lot of faith. Any one of them failed. We'd not be here today. We'd be living in a world on our way to hell. So God's destiny for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the salvation of the human race. That's why the Lord said this to the church in Matthew 28, 19. Before he left, after his resurrection, Jesus said, go therefore, this is to the church, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So God's destiny for the church is the salvation of the human race. If you're wondering what God's plan is for your life, think no more. It's the salvation of the human race. But God will give you a specific assignment to be a piece of the jigsaw puzzle so you can do your part in making that happen. Working collectively as a team and also working individually, reaching folks that only you can reach. And God will look at you on that day and He'll point to all those that are in heaven because of your influence. And He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. They are all here because of your life. What a great day that's going to be. I know you're more enthusiastic about that than you realize. But, of course, if you're only thinking about yourself and you think Christianity is to come to church on a Sunday and that's all it is, then you're in for a shock on that day. Christianity is not just rocking up for church once a month or twice a month. No. It's much, 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 much more.
than that. I'm only kidding. It's much more than that. Amen? So this Christianity is serving Jesus, living for Jesus, following the Holy Ghost, being a glove on his hand, and for all of that, I will be greatly rewarded in eternity. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Say, it's my desire to be a paintbrush in the hand of God. A paintbrush, a paintbrush that says, look at the beautiful picture on the canvas. Look at the beautiful picture on the canvas that Jesus painted by using this paintbrush. But now the flesh says, look at that great painting that I painted. I'm a paintbrush, look how good I am. How great I ought. That's the flesh. Is this stupid? The flesh is stupid, right? Hey? We can't depend on the flesh for anything. We've got to trust God, family. I hope that's meaningful to you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.